God, I just thank you for this day, for just the newness of life, the newness that we get in our breath. Um, I just pray, God, that we will leave this place the same way we've come. I pray that there will be a sense of transformation by your spirit, by your love, by Jesus Christ himself, Lord. I pray that you will be the one, God, that brings forth transformation and that you'll speak through me, God, as we are going to go through being a spirit-led church. So we pray, Jesus, have your way today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right. So um, as some of you know, we, we just started a new series uh, and it's the DNA series. And every Sunday, for those that have come, you've always heard the five words. And AJ just went through them, right? And I asked AJ to, to just uh, give them briefly. And he did an amazing job doing it briefly. Why? Because we're actually in the series of those very words that you've just heard for the past months. And you're like, oh my goodness, yes, every Sunday someone comes up and talks about these five words. Um, But now we're going to get into a series where we're going to be able to dive deeper into those words, right? So um, very, very uh, excited about that. So so today we're starting this new teaching series. Um, And uh, now each week we'll focus on one of the five words. So um, one of the five words. And those five words, as AJ mentioned, um, are... um, Spirit-led, um, uh, you know, all, all the ones that he mentioned. Spirit-led, uh, we're a healing community, we're home away from home, uh, we're a local community, and we're inter-ethnic, right? So those five words are the ones that we've gone through, but we're going to start with the first one, which is spirit-led. And we'll dive into what it means to be led by the Spirit as individuals and also as a new city NYC community. So, guys, there's seats over here if you want. Um, you're, good, you're good there. Okay, that's fine, too. <laughs> I just want to make sure you know there's seats over here. So, um, so we'll dive into what it means to be spirit-led. That's our first word, and that's going to be our focus today. As I said, we've always mentioned them every Sunday, but you might wonder, what is the foundation of it? Where is Piero and the team and the leadership coming, you know, how are they coming up with these terms, you know, and they're all throughout the scripture, right, and, uh, and Kim read the passage in Psalm 127 um, that spoke about, uh, unless the Lord builds a house, those who build it labor in vain, right, and what does that have to do with being spirit-led, which means that we're not led by our own strength as we build a house, but rather we're led by the Spirit as we build the house in partnership with God, right? And that's what this is all about. Now, you might, you might feel for those that are Christians here, you might feel like, but Piero, you know, in the book of Acts, there's a lot of stuff about being led by the Holy Spirit. It's like the Holy Spirit book, right? And then you have the New Testament. But guess what? We went through an Acts series. So you can go back. To our, you can go to newcityhavenyc.org, go to our resources and listen to those messages that we're speaking uh, uh, very, you know, uh, in depth about the Holy Spirit and how we're led by the Holy Spirit. But today I, I picked this passage on Psalm 127 because it gives us sort of the depth um, of what it means to not rely on our own strength, right? 
So, but first, um, I want to give you a little background here. Um, so, um, yeah, there we go. Thanks, um, Novia, for that's cool, right? Like the DNA. <laughs> that was Novia. Amazing, amazing uh, uh, design. So, um, background. So, what? So, so what is uh, the background of, of this psalm? And we're going to get into the words that are mentioned here. And one of the words that we see a lot here is the word, unless the Lord, and then you see the word in vain. There is a lot of that in vain that you rise up early in the morning. And unless the Lord builds it, then those who build it labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. So you, say, you have in vain like three times in the beginning of the passage. So I figured the word in vain here is very important. But what does it mean? What is the background of this word in vain? And, and if you see in vain, and if, if you look at the definition of it, it means that it, 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 it is producing no result. It produces no result. It is basically useless, right? So think about you working on something, which a lot of us maybe have worked on something for three hours, and then all of a sudden you lost it. Maybe it broke, or maybe the computer just froze and it wasn't uploaded to the, to the cloud, and all of your work was in vain, right? It was useless. It did not produce a result. Even though you built it, even though you spent time, you put effort on it, but it was all in vain. That, that, that was, that's what it means in vain. Now, on Psalm 127, though, if we look at the word here, in vain the builders build the house. In vain the builders build the house. Unless the Lord builds it. So, the, so they're producing no fruit on building the house. It is in vain that they do it unless the Lord builds it. So if the Lord is involved, their work is not in vain. But if the Lord is not involved, it is useless. It is, it will produce no lasting result. Now, we continue to see here in vain, the watchman, what? Over, watches over the city. Watchman, watchman, watches over the city. It is in vain, it is useless that they watch the city. Unless the Lord watches over the city. Again, unless the Lord watches over the city, unless that happens, what? Then the guards of the city are watching it in vain. There's no point on watching it even. Now, then we see on, 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 verse, um, on verse 2, again, in vain, one rises up early and goes late to rest. Eating the bread of anxious toil, for, and that is a, the, the word, for God gives lips to his beloved. And, and what is toil here? So, so in vain one rises up early and goes late to rest. How many of us have had those days that you rise up early in the morning, right? And you go late. Some of us are students here. Right, you're studying hard, or something happened that it was 
sudden and, 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 and then you have to work for it or you have to do a lot of paperwork or whatever, right? You rise up early, you go late to bed, right? Now, eating, it says that it is eating the bread of anxious toil. And what is toil? Toil means work extremely hard or incessantly. Work extremely hard or incessantly. That's what, what toil means. It, you're eating the bread, meaning you're, you're, just, you're just working incessantly and, 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 and working so hard. And you're eating the bread, which means that you are actually becoming that. Right? You are, you're actually becoming that, anxi- that very anxiety. You're eating the anxiety. You're eating the nervousness. You're eating... You're eating uh, have you ever heard that you are what you eat? Have you heard that? term before, right? So whatever you eat, you, you nurture yourself with. That's either physically, right? If you eat stuff that's not good, then it's not going to be good for your body. It's the same in the spirit, in your emotions. If you eat something that's not good, it's not going to be good for your soul. It's not going to be good for your emotions. And it all kind of cross-pollinates, you know, and, body, soul, spirit, right? If you don't eat well with your body, then your soul probably not going to be that good. You're going to be cranky, right? All of it have to do with it, right? So if you're eating a bread that is, that, that, that is of anxious toil, that's not good, right? You, you, you are very working hard and insistently for this. And then it says, for God gives lips to his beloved. So it is... In vain that you're doing all of this, even to the point of getting anxious, you know, even to the point of eating the bread of anxious toil, of working incessantly, even to that point, and it's in vain that you do that hard work. Why? Because God gives sleep to His beloved. What, what, he gives you that rest. If you have rest, that's the opposite of anxiety, right? When you're, at, when you're anxious, you're thinking, you're pumping, you're... Thinking, what if this? What if that? What if I don't do this? What if I do that? And you're all always, you know, your, your mind is like rolling and there's no rest, right? But he says, like, but God gives you rest. It's interesting. So, so we have here um, that, that it's in vain that you build something. It's in vain that you watch a city. It's in vain that you basically what? Work hard. First, the psalmist gives you a couple of examples and then he just gives it to you like straight up, right? All right, give you example number one. You build a house, build it in vain. You watch the city, watch it in vain. Basically, if you work hard for something, right, and God is not involved, that gives you rest, it is in vain. So, so now... Kim um, read the, the scripture and, and then all of a sudden we're looking at children and, and quivers and arrows. Did you hear that part? Right? The second half of the psalm talks about children. So why does the first half of the psalm, which is talk, talking about specifically on working hard, uh, watching cities and building houses, right? Had to do with the second part on having children. Oh. It's, it, it seems like it doesn't have any kind of association. What is the psalmist trying to communicate? What is he trying to... Why did he put the both of them together? Maybe there was a mistake there, right? But no, this is actually 
Scholars call it a psalm of association, which means that they are actually associated. They're not disassociated, they're associated with each other. The second half that talks about children, it's somehow associated with the first half that talks about working hard and watching. See, maybe when you read this, you're like, what in the world is going on? But you, you see this because in scripture here, you see that it says, right? It's in vain that he rises up early and go late to rest in the breath of Joseph, where he gives to his beloved. Behold, it's hine, which is a, a, a word of transition to something. Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord, the fruit of the womb, a reward, like arrows in the hand of a worse thing. Okay, what are you talking about, right? Like, it's just like completely unrelated. But no, it is not unrelated. Um, so, and, and I'll tell you what. what it, it, first, uh, as we get into the gist of the passage and what it means to be spirit-led, and we're getting there. And, and, and as you hear this, I want you to think about the church that you're a part of, or you might be thinking of becoming a part of. And I think the church, the universal church, should be spirit-led. But we as a church wanted to have it as part of our first word of our DNA. And, and that's, in, in a way, it is actually um, on purpose. Why? Because we believe that unless Lord builds a house, we build this house, meaning this church, in vain. It's in vain. If God is not involved, I cannot build this, this church. Andrea cannot build this church. Lara cannot build this church. AJ, all the, our leadership cannot build this church. We can't. It is God that has to be the one that is involved for it to be built, for it to grow, right? In every aspect, numerically, in character, in maturity, in discipleship, in every character. As the church is built, it is in vain that we kind of launch this thing as we do it in our own effort if God is not involved. So as we go through this, I want you to think about Spirit-led church, New City, NYC. We want to be that Spirit-led church as individuals, but also as a community. So now first we see in this passage, there's just three points here that I want to point out from Psalms 127. And it's, we cannot do what God has called us to do in our own strength. I preach a similar passage in this very place on September of 2021, when we just kind of launched the church. Not, we didn't have an official launch church, but that was when we were starting to, to meet monthly. Maybe, Jay, while you were on that, when I preached that message on Psalm 127 on September of 2021, we're talking about a year and a half ago. And, and we were just meeting monthly, and then from here, we moved to like Roosevelt Island for a month, and then we moved to Corumdeo for nine months, and then here we are, back, you know, full circle. And it's just crazy now we're going through the series of and, and how important that September I was like, you know what, like God, and guys, it was like five of us, okay? <laughs> like six of us. And, and, and we, I was like, we have to be spirit-led. God is the one that's going to build this church, not me, not Andrea, not anyone here, but God himself. You know, and I want to say that again. So, so now, we cannot do what God has called us to do in our own strength. Now, if you think about a farmer, right? Think about a farmer and how the seed grows on its inside, on its own inside the ground, right? Think about uh, there, is, there is passages in scriptures that, that far farmers go, put seeds on the ground, they don't, and they go to bed and rest. 
right? And then all of a sudden, the plant grows. Like, and, and they didn't even provide with water because then rain came, right? And then rain watered the water. And then somehow the seed popped and then the roots started growing. And then the fruit, which the farmer is going to be able to eat and provide. But the farmer didn't do much, just kind of throw the seed there. It, it, it was a miraculous thing that happened under the ground. It, it grew by itself, right? God built that fruit, but we take all of these things in vain. Uh, uh, we take them from granted sometimes. So, so it is with, right? As it is with the seed, it is so with children, right? Children are fashioned inside a mother's womb and we don't even know how. It's not like Andrea kind of like came up with it and he took a course for it, right? And then, you know, we got Leon and Mia. No, like, it, 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 it somehow was a miracle that the seed on her womb started growing and all that stuff. It is a, it, it is a miracle. It is, that's what the psalmist is going after. He says, you know, it says, Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord. The fruit of the womb are reward. It's like... You, you see over there when you build a house, when you try to watch a city, when you try to do all these things by your own strength, think about a kid that you didn't even have to fashion. God fashioned that kid, that baby on the mother's womb in a miraculous way. So it is with building a house, with watching a city, with everything, you know, the psalmist is getting into something here. And he's saying we cannot do what God has called us to do in our own strength. Whether it is to build a house, whether it is, right, to watch a city, or whatever you're working so hard for, like he says on the, on the second verse, right? Whatever it is, you, you, just as a, as a baby's fashion of the mother's womb, and nobody did it but God alone, so, and it is a reward, so it is with everything we do. God will bring forth fruit. God will be the one that produces the result. Because otherwise it's useless. It's in vain that you work hard. So we're going to do what God has called us to do in our own strength. You might try to do that. People around this city and in the world will try to entice you to believe that you can do it in your own strength. And you have the willpower to do it. I want you to think about this. Think about people that never gone to a church. And I know some of you, this might be your second time or third time at church, so we welcome you. And, 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 and you might actually relate to this. But think about someone that has never gone to church and does not believe in God. And successful woman and does everything right, has an amazing family, Amazing kids, amazing job. He's, she's helping the poor. Good person, right? Helping people, helping, you know, everyone like respects her. And, and all of a sudden, she, all of a sudden, her child falls ill to cancer, let's say. And now it's in the hospital. Everything she's worked for. To give her that, that child education and love and, and to give her worth through her career, through her, through her marriage, through her friends, through helping other people. 
And for some reason doesn't really have a relationship with God. But what are the odds you think that person will, for the first time in her life, think to pray to the divine? What are the chances? I will tell you 9 out of 10. 9 out of 10, that person for the first time will think of a God and will even try to get, uh, you know... Um, uh, <clears throat> The, word, the, the, the clergy that works in the hospital to come and, and uh, the chaplain to come and pray for her kid and, and, and all of a sudden she's praying everything. She goes to the chapel and pray. Why? Why? Now why he, she wants God involved? Because it is in vain at the end of the day. It is in vain. We build houses. We... We watch this. It's in vain. You right now might be comfortable. But at the end of the day, como dicen en Perú, cuando las papas queman, that means when things are not going the right way, that's when stuff is going to come out. That's when that in vain is going to come. But the in vain, that in vain will come. I assure you today. It will come. Maybe not today, but maybe tomorrow. Maybe on a deathbed. Maybe somehow it will come. That's what the psalmist is getting into. It is in vain you do that on your own strength. There's no purpose whatsoever that even the most atheist person, when they go to a situation that, like the one I mentioned, they somehow think that finally, maybe, yeah, maybe, maybe I did it all in vain. What if I lost my child? I lost my life. What if I lost my job? Or I lost my career? It's in vain now, all of it. There's no purpose. Unless someone that has greater control, which is God, who wants the best for us, takes it all over. We cannot do what God has called us to do in our own strength. We will fail ourselves. Presidents will fail you. Kings will fail you. Spouses will fail you. Children will fail you. Careers will fail you. God will never fail. Even in the midst of it all. Even though when you think He might have failed you, because of the consequence of sin, like it is sickness and death, even in the midst of it, you will find wholeness and healing and purpose. Now, second, letting go of our hard work. That's what the psalmist is getting. You cannot do it on your own strength. you got to let go of your hard work. You cannot guarantee the results of your hard work. That, it, that, is, in, that is God's business. The psalmist is using metaphors to instruct us to let go. To tell us that unless God is involved in our work, our work means nothing. The psalmist understood that it is hard to let go of something that you have worked so hard, like building a house in the first half of the Psalms, or how hard it is to let go of someone you have given so much of your time, of your work and effort, like kids, like children on the second half of the Psalms. Now think of it, if you're a parent, you will know what it is.
to give it all for your child. But now if you're a kid, you might wonder, why my mom always worried for me? Why my dad always calls me? Why my mom is so worried, so always like, oh, my poor kid. Think about your parents, how much they love you as a kid. Why? Why, why they are so possessive of all that love for you? Even though sometimes they might not show it, but that there is something about being a child that you will un- give you a, a little bit of insight onto the world of like, so he's getting into, okay, the psalmist, you know, understood that it's hard to let go of something that you have worked so hard, like building a house in the first half or the second half of how hard it is to let go of someone you have given so much of your time, work and effort like children or like a friendship. You know, he's getting into something here, the psalmist. Now think about the metaphor the psalmist uses an arrow to an arrow. Think about the arrow, right? He says on, on verse 4, Behold, verse 3, Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord, the fruit of the womb, a reward. Like arrows in the hand of a warrior are the children of one's youth. Like arrows in the hand of a warrior. That is quite interesting metaphor there. It's, it's like a... Children are like arrows in the hand, not just arrows chilling on a table. They don't fulfill that. Where do kids fulfill their purpose? In the, in the hands of the warrior. I'm sorry, where do arrows fulfill their purpose? When they're in the hand of a skilled warrior. That's when arrows fulfill their purpose as arrows, not just chilling over there, right? That's the purpose of an arrow. It's just, well, like, like the, the children are like arrows in the hand of a warrior are the children of one's used. Blessed is the man, the woman who fills his quiver. That's where you put your, uh, where you store the, the arrows, those little circular things. You store the arrows, take them out, and you shoot them, right? He shall not be put to shame when he speaks with his enemies in the gate. Blessed are those. Now, for an arrow to fulfill its purpose, the purpose it was created for, it has to be let go. Now think about that. An arrow, think about, uh, it's funny, but you, you won't want to be, if you're a warrior, you wouldn't want to be walking around with a, your arrow trying to stab people, right? That's not going to work. Or, or poke people. Like, you, you got to like do this and let it go for it to go to the destination that it was created for. You cannot just like poke it, right? It has to be let go. You want to let it go for it to properly work. So it is with the labor of our hands. So it is with anything we've worked hard for. Just like our kids. Just like kids. You know, as parents, maybe you think about your parent today or you as a parent yourself. But think about your parent, like how hard it is for them to let you fully go. It is hard at times for parents to let go of their kids. You know, maybe they might not express it, but they might be even feeling it, you know, and, and, and sensing it. They, they want to, I can see that in Andrea and myself, like we want to control our kids. But the, our kids would never fulfill their purpose as adults if we don't let them go, if we just keep them in our quiver, in our house, we got to let them go for them to actually fulfill their purpose. 
And so the psalmist is saying, just as kids ought to be let go by parents to fulfill their purpose in the hands of a warrior, so you got to let go of your hard work, of your watching of cities, all of that stuff, so that I can fulfill the purpose in you. The Psalms were written very purposely, and they were masterfully written as poems of the time. They even, even you have bana, and you wouldn't know this unless you know the Hebrew. But bana means to build. Bana, that's the word to build in Hebrew. So when you read that and you know Hebrew, you see bana, you know. But not the house of the Lord, whatever, but right? And then you go to the second half, and they say, it is so with children. You know what is children in Hebrew? Ben. And you know what is children? What is a child in, in singular is Ben. But in plural, which is here, is Banim. Bana, Banim. Banim means children, Bana means built. It is in vain that you built this house unless the Lord is involved. It is in vain you banna the house. But blessed are those that have banim, the children who were built by God, and that you gotta let go as arrows. You see where the psalmist is going. He purposely used those two words because they want him to connect built with children. And you have to let go of that which you have built so hard, like parents with children, because it's one of the most like perfect examples when it comes to building something when you have a kid and you pour out so much of your energy as a, if you have a baby you'll know we're so busy with me and Leo they take three quarters of our time or more we have time to even breathe it takes a lot of effort and then when they grow it's, that's why he's going, getting into this example you gotta let it all go now with this I finish you got to let go of our heart. You got to partner with God. God does not want us to stop laboring. The psalm does not want us to be lazy and do nothing and expect God to do it all. But rather, it wants us to work out of a heart of surrender to Him, knowing that whatever the outcome, the results are purely in God's hand. It is His business alone. And at the end, He will get the glory. Just as we do our best to aim that arrow to the bullseye God has called us to aim in our purpose in our life. And with strength and determination pull the string of the bow to finally let go of it as God takes it to wherever he wishes. Because then he will take that arrow wherever he wishes. You gotta let go. But then when the arrow is on its way you, you, you cannot really have much control. But there is a partnership that happens. Right? And, and, and if you think about it, um, that, these are my kids. These, these are people, the church right here. And we went to like a retreat. That's Leo. That's Mia. Those are little babies. But it, it's kind of, I put that out there because it's like, I didn't do anything for having Leo and Mia, right? Like they just came and, and they're amazing and Yes, we partner with God and we, we, we love them, we, we treat them well, we, we, you know, as much as we can, get impatient sometimes, very imperfectly taking care of them. But, but, you know, it's a miracle of God, those two little ones. 
And then a year and a half ago, I brought this Psalm 127 because, yes, God gave me the vision and then eventually as a family gave us a vision to build this international church because we saw a need on international students, international workers, visa workers, and global-minded individuals in the city, right? But I didn't build the house. I I didn't build those kids. I didn't build the house. It is, it, is a, it is God. I mean, I mean, I mean yes, some of you kind of like me, but come on, I'm not that great, right? I, like, you like your friends here, like, hang out. And, I mean, yeah, me and Andrea are, are okay, but we're not the reason, right, for this. It has to be God in us, through us, that is building His house, that is building our kids, that is building the church. Uh, and that's what I wanted, wanted to say. Like, just stay with those three things. We cannot do what God has called us to do in our own strength. We got to let go of our hard work. And we got to partner with God. Because remember, it, doesn't, it says that the builders build the house. The, the, the builders build the house. Uh, in, in vain they build the house unless God builds the house. But, but it's, it doesn't say... Oh, the builders are not building the house because God is building it. It's saying, oh, it is in vain that they build it in their own strength, but they are building it. So there is no excuse either to go to the other extreme and be like, oh, yeah, I'm just going to wait for God to do his thing and you don't do anything. Right? Because we are spirit led, which means like we pray, we allow the Holy Spirit to speak to us. So that he can give us insights as we walk, as we read scriptures. The scriptures give us revelation to know how to be guided in, the, in our lives. Friends, prayer, all of these things, right? In which we find revelation. But we're partnering with God. And then on our careers, which God has given you, God-given places of influence. God uses that. Don't stop working and be like, well, Peter preached this message. I'm not going to partner with God and do my other thing. No. There is the builder still building the house. The the watchmen still uh, watching uh, the city, right? The people that are working, still working, but they get the rest from God, right? And, and And the married couples are still having kids. You know, they have intercourse to have kids. They keep having intercourse to have kids. There is an action, a partnership, right? So... That is what I, what I, you got to let go, but you got to partner with God. You are the lesser party. He's the greater party, right? You, you are now kind of like equal partner with God. Now he is a greater partner. We submit to the partnership of God. So this is basically what the psalm is saying. We can't, but Jesus can. Now, if you're not a Christian, the psalmist is pointing out to Jesus who, who, who bear our sin, bear the cross, bear that which we should have bear, right? Because we cannot do it on our own strength. But, but through Jesus, we can. We cannot build a house. We cannot watch the city. We cannot, we cannot. But we can through Jesus. Because now what we were not able to do in our own sin, in our own injustice, because we have thoughts of evil towards other people, because we have thoughts of not doing good, and that is 
the sinful nature. We are selfish, but Jesus came to die for that very thing so that we can have life in Him. He took the divine for Him to take up our injustices on the cross and seal it with His resurrection on the third day. We can't, but Jesus can. And the gospel of grace that is like undeserved favor that we find in the cross. So, we conclude now. And, uh, and, 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 and I want to ask you um, a couple of things here to, to reflect. Um, and reflect on these this couple of things here. Am I willing to let go of any of my own ways of saving myself? And accept Jesus as Lord and Savior. Would I be willing to follow him? So if you're not a Christian. Think about this thing right now. Am I willing to let go of my own ways of saving myself? Saving myself. Right? Like with that lady that I gave you that example. She was trying to save her reputation. Herself. Her family. uh, You know. Trying to feel good about herself by serving other people. But at the end of the day, he came back to self. He didn't give glory to God. You can be good to people so that you can have a good therapeutic session about your own sense of worth. It ends up being about you, right? Even if you're a good person and do good things. So, am I willing to let go of my own ways of saving myself and accept Jesus as Lord and Savior? Would I be willing to follow him? Think about that. Now, to whom or to what have I been invested in this season? And am I willing to let go of that? To whom or to what it could be very well a a person, or it could be a career or work? To whom a person or to what have I been invested in this season, and am I willing to let go of of that. What is that? And finally, what is he calling me to build or watch? And in what ways is God calling me to partner on building or watching? Right? That building or watching, whatever that is. So let's, let's bow, bow our heads and, and, and just pray these things out as we finish up. So God, I just pray God for, for that um, first question. Um, if, if, that is, if that is you, I, I just pray that it, if that's you, you can just pray these things after me in your heart now. Or if you're not sure yet, you just continue to pursue what... What is God trying to say with it? But if you're ready, if you want this Jesus, just be God, I'm just sorry for these things. And I'm a sinner and I've done all these things and, and, and I don't want to serve myself anymore. I don't want to serve myself. I don't want to be like that lady that waited until her child had cancer for finally think, thinking that, oh, maybe I did all of this in vain. I want you, Jesus. I want you and I, I forgive me for the things that I've done for myself, for the sins 
And I accept you as Lord and Savior in my heart, in my life. And I am willing to follow you. Or maybe you need to, to give out certain things. So Holy Spirit, I pray that whatever we need to give out, whatever is a thing or a person or a place, I pray that we will let it go like the, like the arrow on the wearer hand. Let go of the hard work, that anxious soul, wherever it is that we have been invested. We want to let it go because we want to be spirit-led. We want to be led not by our own strength, but by your spirit. And finally, God, I just pray your revelation, Holy Spirit, to, that you're calling me to build or watch. What is it that you're calling me to build and watch in partnership with you? In my work, with my friends, with my spouse, whatever. In what ways is God calling me to partner on building and watching? I pray, God, that whatever it is, you'll bring revelation even now, God, in my work, with that people that you've called me, in my relationship with you, God. We just pray these things, Jesus. We give you honor. We give you glory. In Jesus' name, amen.